Just a quick heads up before we start the show, I recorded this episode in person with Dazza and we were using the same microphone. So you will notice immediately that our sound quality on my end isn't quite what it normally is and that we might get a little bit more background noise. This is just for this episode and everything will be back to normal next week. On with the show. YouTuber Mutakimaru, aka Maurice, runs a channel on the video sharing site where his fish Mm. plays various games in the Pokemon franchise. The better fish, which is like a fighting fish, controls the game by swimming to different areas of its tank, which have been outfitted with sensors that simulate the pushing of buttons on Maurice's Nintendo Switch. Maurice set up the system to live stream the flish, the the, the, the flish, God, the fish playing Pokemon Violet, the latest the entry in the series, but a Pokemon. malfunction during gameplay led to the Nintendo Switch returning to its home screen. From the home screen, the fish's movements caused the Nintendo eShop to open and the pet spent $4 of its owner's money to buy points. The fish also revealed Maurice's credit card information on the live stream. <laughs> the fish also managed to download an app to play Nintendo 64 games, spent reward currency on a new avatar, requested a confirmation email from PayPal, and changed Maurice's account name from Mutekimaru to Rawawawawawawa. <laughs> The fish was finally able to power off the Switch console before Maurice discovered what had been happening on the live stream. <laughs> Maurice said he reached out to Nintendo to explain the unusual incident, and the company refunded the money spent by the aquatic gamer Daza. <laughs> <laughs> this fish be gaming and spending money on people's credit cards. What do you think? This story smell a bit fishy to you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, you expect so, like someone's child to steal their credit card and spend money on the Nintendo Switch? Not, not a fishy, not a fishy fish. Lockie, what, <laughs> what do you think of this weird story? Um, I had a like I had a memory lapse when you said flesh, and all I can think of was <laughs> flashlight. And then, um, yeah, so I forgot everything that happened before that point. So what's so it's a fi- so is it an AI or is it just a person that hacked their it's account? A, okay. What All right, it? so I'm going to have to leave that me fucking up saying the word fish in now because you've addressed it. Well, it's pretty basically, funny. It, it was. It, basically, so they've set up a tank with sensors in it with an actual live fish, a fighting fish that is just randomly swimming around the tank and that is set up to controls on Maurice's Nintendo Switch. And the fish normally plays Pokemon Violet, but somehow it glitched. It went to the home screen and it spent money on the Nintendo eShop and also showed the credit card details of Maurice to all of his viewers live on stream. Yeah, that's bizarre. That's that's bizarre. <laughs> uh, I, all I can now all I can think about is that Simpsons episode where Troy McClure, the um, Hollywood star, had the fish fetish thing, and <laughs> yeah, something there's something fishy going on. <laughs> I love it. It's it downloaded the, an app to play Nintendo 64 games. So it's a retro game of this fish, which is pretty cool. Aaron, get yourself a fighting fish. I thought, shit. I thought you were throwing it to Aaron and I was expecting Aaron to just walk in in frame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I was seriously expecting Aaron to just jump out from like behind somewhere and be like, surprise, Lucky, I'm also here. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, no, I, I dare say Maurice was defer- definitely 
floundering when he found out this news. <gasps> oh, goodness. <laughs> wow. To news to reviews, your place to be for gaming news stories, and also your place to be for impressions on the latest games coming out each and every week. My name is Zach. I'm here with my co-host Lockie. Lockie hello, hello. I am going very well, thank you. That's the way, my man. Well, Lockie, you're going to continue going very well because we have a fantastic guest joining us on the show this week. We have returning once again. It's been quite a, a while. I think it's been like nearly a year or something since we last have had you on the show. Dazza! I'm back. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Dazza? All very well. All very well. That's all right. Well, thanks for joining us on the show again this week. Uh, we may or may not be talking about a survival horror game later on in the show. There's a bit of a theme to when we get you on the show. <laughs> hey, Dazza. It's always under the genre of horror, hopefully. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that because it means I don't got to play the scary games. <laughs> yeah, I can't handle it. I the closest thing I can get to horror is Elden Ring. That's it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I should continue fun. playing these horror games because I like you know I think I'm having dreams even if you know it's just. Oh, yeah, I, this is the thing. It fucks with you outside of your gaming experience. If you I, get, like, I, I know, really I know, but life. there's something wrong with me, you know. <laughs> I'm broken inside, I'm sure. Oh, dearie me. And if, if you listen to news to reviews, you're probably broken inside as well, too. So if you ah. can, you want to feel better about yourself, leave us a rating or review wherever you happen to be living, <laughs> listening to the podcast. And also, this Wednesday, uh, I'm going to be starting streaming again. I didn't start last week because I, I was sick. So this week, Wednesday, uh, 6.30 p.m. Astri- Wait, what, what time do I normally start? 6.30? 6. Fuck if I know. Fuck, I don't even remember. I think 6.30. Yeah, 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. What am I going to be streaming? I don't fucking know. Could be Deadly Premonition. Could be Dead Space Remake, maybe. You can all watch me shit my pants. But whatever it is, it'll be a good time. Come by and check it out. And what else is going to be a good time is all this gaming news we got to get to. Let's get cracking right on into it. Now, we're starting off this show with a bit of a downer. This one's particularly a massive downer for me. Look, I'll let the article do the explaining for us. This comes out of GameSpot. It was written by Jason Finelli. Oh. Oh, Jason Finelli. Jason Finelli. (laughs) Squatch Games has announced the resignation of co-founder Justin Roiland after domestic violence charges against the Rick and Morty co-creator were revealed last week. The studio announced uh, Royland's departure from the company in a tweeted statement, which confirmed that Royland submitted his resignation on January 16th. Four days earlier, on January 12th, he was charged in Orange County, California, on felony domestic violence charges, as reported by NBC News. Squanch Games' statement also confirms that the studio will continue on without Royland, saying, The passionate team at Squanch 
We'll keep development, d- developing games we know our fans will love. With continued support for the game's recent release, High on Life specifically mentioned. The Squanch Games announcement comes hours after Adult Swim, which airs Rick and Morty and signed a 70-episode order in 2018, announced it had ended its association with Justin Roiland. Like Squanch, Adult Swim also confirmed that Rick and Morty will continue. The talented and dedicated crew are hard at work on season seven, they said. Royland pleaded not guilty to the charges filed, which include one count of domestic battery with corporal injury and one count of false imprisonment by menace, violence, fraud, and or deceit. The charges stem from an incident with a former girlfriend in August 2020 for which he was arrested and released on a $50,000 bond. The case's next appearance in court is scheduled for April 20. Seventh. So yeah, this this news did break last week, but you know it, it was sort of developed further and further with him, you know, being dropped by Adult Swim and the Squatch Games resigning from Squatch Games. So I was kind of waiting to see how things shaked out before we talked about it on the show. Um, but for me, this like obviously the the victim of what happened. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see once this all goes to court and it all goes through the the proper channels, but. Things aren't sounding great right now. Uh, so, yeah, I feel bad for any victims, obviously, of domestic violence. But, yeah, this one this one hurts a lot because it was a creator that I really liked and from a show that I really liked. And it, it feels like that's going to sort of be forever tainted now. Yeah, I fucking um, shouted out to him, like, two episodes <laughs> ago for the end of um, 2022 as just a, an off-the-cuff <laughs> joke. So that aged immediately um <laughs> because i think because i think like a week later that's when all all, all of this this came out and it's like yeah. oh for fuck's sake see this is why you can't have heroes people um <laughs> <laughs> they, they all turn out to be sex pests allegedly yeah. um oh. Oh, look it's very sad to hear and and you know like a uh, a part of, well, a, a very strong part of me hopes that it turns out that this is all kind of bogus and he's getting, you know, you know, he's getting the, the bum steer, but like it, it needs to go through the proper channels because we need to, of course, um, you know, not, not diminish the accusations being led. And it sounds like there's quite a lot of them from a lot of yeah. different areas. Like, like there's a lot going on there. So it, it's not looking yeah. good at the moment, but yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out. Very sad to see. Yeah, Dazzy, are you a Rick and Morty fan at all? Oh, I, I like Rick and Morty, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just like you know, at the same, you know, I, I don't hold heroes, you know, in that, in that, in that, in that area, that's for sure. Yeah, I learned from uh, Kevin Spacey. I think I always, he was always one of my favorite actors. <laughs> when all that shit came <laughs> oh, no. out, that he was an absolute fucking monster. I was like, ah, oh, okay, well. all right, well. Well, he's never been convicted. With, with that said, so that's the that one's an interesting one. But yeah, it's um, <laughs> I love the spacey de- the spacey defense when when all of that shit came out. Particularly tickled me because I'm gay. Uh, was the um, <laughs> what was it? It was the um, I was drunk. I don't remember, and I'm gay. And that was just the perfect. <laughs> that was just <laughs> such a. Yeah, um, like completely inappropriate, but that's just such a yeah. funny defense. If you're gay, uh, I don't remember I was drunk, and also I'm gay. I, th- I think the issue is it is so hard to prove when these events happen from such a long time ago. And if it was just like one person, 
coming out with something that's one thing but when you have multiple like multitudes of people uh come out and have stories about it i think that's when you really got to start looking at it a lot more seriously yeah. um, the chances of like you know there being a conspiracy that there's all these different people coming out of the woodworks to to take these people down i think is is far less than the fact that they're well, not the fact but the chance that they're very likely to be monsters, and yeah, and to getting back to Justin Roiland, there, there's lots of DMs out there of him talking in ways that are very inappropriate to people who are not always of age. Uh, so even if this stuff, you know, even if he's fully cl- cleared in this court case, uh, like th- there's enough of these DMs out there with receipts that yeah i don't yeah i don't i'm I'm glad they're dropping him from rick and morty i don't know if rick and morty should really even continue without him it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens scorch games i don't know how the fuck that'll continue without him Uh, all of it's done for like he's he's the he's the core creator um and one of the key voice actors of the show it's not going to continue for much longer and i think the only reason why the show hasn't been dropped entirely would be to serve out remaining contracts or, you know, severances and what have you are too expensive for a year out. So they're just going mm. to release what they It's can. also like the biggest cash cow for Adult Swim as well, oh, too. Yeah. It's like the, the biggest comedy in America. So I think they're always going to at least attempt to, to continue it. The Dan Harmon's still sticking around and... He's fantastic. So hopefully they can find some voice actors to do it justice. But I don't know. Whenever I've seen voice actors change in stuff, or even just actors, it, it it's yeah, it always it loses something. And he's the co-creator. He's like the one half of the main creative force of the show. Uh, yeah, I don't know how it's gonna go. Woo wee, everyone! Oh dear. <laughs> Maybe just to stick to like you know, I mean, my philosophy is just to, you know, season one great, season two awesome, mm. and then once it goes past season three, I just go, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm not upset. You know, it's funny. It actually kind of got like that with with Rick and Morty too. I'd argue after season three, things have sort of been slowly going downhill. Anyway, don't at me. Well, they've been going uh, for a while. That, like, you know, yeah. they had a good run, to be honest. As far as shows go, that's pretty impressive that this show was able to last this long. You know, normally you only get two seasons. The fact that this game has stayed in development for this long is an absolute miracle. Uh, big shout out to Dylan Vanderpudden with this story. Uh, this comes out of IGM. was written by Travis Northup. French games publisher Nacon, which is co-publishing Datalik Entertainment's upcoming action-adventure game The Lord of the Rings Gollum, recently released an earnings report that detailed yet another delay for the Tolkien-inspired no! adventure. No! Plotless <laughs> Gollum as one of their titles will be, released, will be released in the first half of the financial year 2023 to 2024, which due to Nacon's offset fiscal calendar places a window between April and September of this year. Oh no, Gollum! No! You're not going to be able to get your hands on it, Lockie. Oh, I was so excited. I was so excited for this one. <laughs> I yeah they can they can fucking delay it all they want. We know the world knows they have a dud on their hands, and when it comes out that it, it doesn't get the returns that they they've told their shareholders that's invested in it is going to get, uh, you know uh, I don't think we'll be seeing too many gains from that area for a while. Oh, dear. are you familiar with the Lord of the Rings Golem game that's been in the works at all, Dazza? Uh no no oh, no. Now look, all I'm gonna do 
is just show you the character model for Gollum and then tell me what you think about the look of this game. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even look real. <laughs> <laughs> it's so freaky. Yeah, they've not done the greatest oh. job with Gollum. <laughs> Especially if you look next to look at it next to the uh, Peter Jackson Gollum, it just looks fucking uh, ridiculous. It was an ill-conceived concept from the very yeah. get-go. It was just the most cynical uh, Lord of the Rings franchise. We've got our hands on being able to re- release a certain character in the IP that doesn't cost us a huge amount of money. Oh, it's Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to Dylan from the Beta Network. I'm so excited to have him on the show to talk about this. My main hope... My main hope, because I'm not expecting it to be good at all. I'm no, I'm expecting it to be a bad game, obviously, but I'm really hoping it's just not boring. Like I'm hoping it's going to be just so baffling and bad that it's entertaining. That's the real sweet spot. If it is that bad, then I'll play it on stream. I think it'll be... Po- nah, I, I reckon it'll be boring. I think it'll be yeah. aesthetically polished because they keep delaying it, so that gives the devs and graphic designs more, more time to, to sort that shit out. So and that's yeah. the problem is that I would have much preferred for this game to be released um in the early concept stages where it would have been really rushed and we would have had you know a bit of a pokemon violet sort of effect um and that would have been more <laughs> fun but now we're going to get this quite decent looking game that'll be boring that's my that's my bet yeah it's funny to like game delays Usually, if the game's been delayed this many times, it's not a good sign. Like, just I'd say, just look at Cyberpunk if you want an idea of what games can end up releasing like when they're delayed over and over and over again. But even so, at least with Cyberpunk, we saw stuff that looked cool, but we have not seen anything that looks interesting at all with Golem. Oh. Like IGN saw twenty minutes of gameplay, and even they weren't impressed. They're they're pretty much like the marketing arm of the <laughs> video game industry, and even they oh. were shitting on it. I have a theory. Um... It's completely like I've done no research into it, this, but I think it's exactly like tinfoil the Ubisoft hat. situation. Yeah, tinfoil <laughs> hat. I think it's exactly like the Ubisoft Skull and Crossbones game where they've made all of these legal commitments where they have to actually put a game out, but they keep trying to push <laughs> it out because they know they have an absolute turd on their hands. Um, and they're just sort of trying to kick the can down the road and everyone who's like in the leadership position attached to this project is trying to remove themselves as much as possible and or trying to find another job to move on to so they don't end up having to have their name attached to this project. That And that's just a theory. It's just a theory. A film theory. No, that, But it's that also definitely... probably going to be true. No, I, I think that that's that's a great theory, Lockie. Like maybe they paid like a million dollars or something to use the Lord of the Rings license, and they can't yeah. get a refund of it. So it's like yeah, at yeah. this point, we just have to make like, we need to make our money back. It's sunk costs, and they have to release it. But I don't even think it's yeah. just that. I don't think they intend on making money. I think they have legal commitments <laughs> with a bunch of areas where they have to release this fucking game. Like in the same way that Ubisoft had like that, um, they had that agreement with Singapore or something. Um, like they they have some sort of legal requirement to release this turd and they know it's not going to make a return on investment they just know it we'll see anyway yeah they're going to put it down as loss and just claim it back on their taxes basically anyway we'll see maybe it'll turn out to be the best fucking game ever and boy will i be red in the face (laughs) i've been wrong before you know for example justin roiland (laughs) (laughs) so it does happen oh dear 
Well, uh, <laughs> you, you mentioned amazing games there before, like a, like wonderful games, and uh, The Last of Us is one of my favourite games of all time. And at the moment, people who enjoy The Last of Us have been dining very well because we've got a Last of Us HBO TV show that came out just a couple of weeks ago, and it has already been renewed for a season two. So we know we got more Last of Us around the corner. Critics seem to be loving it as well, too. I've checked out the first couple of episodes. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Dazza, have you have you checked out the Last of Us series on HBO? I've watched the first one, and you just kind of like, after playing the game, you just go, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And the reflection is just perfect. They've, they've hit mm. they've hit the nail on the head. You, and then you just go, why didn't they do this for Witcher? Why didn't they do this for <laughs> the Prince of Persia? You know, and the list goes on and on, you know. Yeah. And you're thinking, you know, well, maybe Hollywood knows what they're doing, but they don't. They need, they need to listen to the gamers, you know. And there's an audience there that have got a true appreciation for the games and they won't go, look, I, I know what's going to happen. And where you see it in Last of Us, you just kind of have a giggle and you think, oh, this is awesome. I know what's going to happen, but you can't wait to see it happen. And they've done it in a different spin and light and darkness. And it's, it's, it's awesome to watch. Yeah. I've, I've been absolutely digging it. I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, Dazzle, where you said they need to get gamers into it. Because Neil Druckmann is the co-creator of this show, who is the creative director of The Last of Us. You know, he, so he was behind all the all the big decisions to do with that. So, and it really shines through. You can see there's a real love for the show and the game. And I think he directed the second episode as well. And it was absolutely fantastic. I really love for the it. game Lockie, in the Lockie, show. Have you checked it out yet? Um, uh, I I'm going to be the dissenting opinion here because I oh. I watched the first episode and honestly I found it really boring. That's um, because Henry, Henry Cavill wasn't in it. Yeah, well, that's true. It, it would every, everything Henry Cavill in ev- elevates. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Actually, everything he was in up until he did The Witcher was shit. Like, um, I, I fucking hated all the Superman stuff, and that's really all I knew him from prior mm. to that. So it's interesting. But oh, he seemed Archie to chime in, in because he's, you know, he was a gamer, you know, yeah. PC gamer, and mm. then and then you know. And it, wanted to interject yeah. more into Witcher. Yeah, this is interesting. So I think um I think the 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 dude who plays over on Martel is great. Um he he's great in everything he acts in. He's an excellent actor. I it's actually funny. Quite a lot of Game of Thrones actors um came uh, were in that first. Yeah, he, episode. he was good in that uh, Nicolas Cage film, which was good. Which one's that? Uh, where he plays, uh, he's a fan of Nicolas Cage and uh, he, he invites him to his private island. Oh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, Fantastic film. Ah, uh, okay. I've just, I saw that vaguely. I haven't seen all of it. I'll have to watch that one. But yeah, look, I I, I wasn't able to get fully into it. So maybe this is just, um, okay. it was late at night. Who knows? Maybe I was just too burned out. Um, it did seem like a very slow burn sort of show. And so I can appreciate yeah. that. And, and maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset for it. Um, but yeah. the first, first fucking 15 minutes of just the, the camera following this boring us girls, boring us pathetic life. Um, I was just like, no, no. Um, I was very glad to see, uh, spoilers. I was very glad to see that, um, she was not going to be the focus of the story. So that was my first little saving grace. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this for a little bit longer and see where this goes. But then, I, I don't yeah. know, I just, uh, I I wasn't hooked. Um, I get it. I get the angle. Uh, post-apop- 
post-apocalyptic world. Looks nice. Looks like they they're investing good graphics into it. But mm. I just it just didn't click for me. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um. <laughs> my my girlfriend's been watching it with me, and she's not a gamer. And I will admit, she did fall asleep in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, falls good. asleep and everything, so I don't. Think no, that's no, a- <laughs> no, no, no. It <laughs> was real. It was really boring, and 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 even when it started getting interesting, it's still like you need to be real. You, you need to know what's going to happen to be looking out for those little, yeah. you know, interesting zombie-ish moments. Because then you're like, oh, that that's a little zombie attack moment that it's leading into. But even then, yeah. it's a lot of driving around at night, and that just makes me sleepy. So I just. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I completely empathise with you, girl. They let you driving in the first fifteen minutes of the. Anyway, that that's totally fair. The first episode's an hour and twenty minutes, which is a bit of a slog. Like that's a, that's a movie, basically. Um, I think as a f- massive fan of the series, Last of Us is one of my favourite games of all time. I loved seeing all the little differences here and there. Um, they add a bit more colour to the characters and a bit more context to moments that happen in the game. Um, and they they have changed a few different things, like what some of the things of how the 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 uh, zombies work in this universe. But the changes they've made so far, I've absolutely loved. Um, the second season, I, I the second episode, I probably did enjoy more than the first episode, Lockie. So I'd say maybe give that a try, see how you feel. But if you're not into that, then I'd say yeah, I'd. I'd, I'd Look, it it could just be a me problem. I never really got into The Walking Dead either. I watched a couple of contextless episodes and I thought, yeah, this is a this is quality for what it is, but just not for me. Um, So very well could just be that where I don't really find TV shows with zombies very engaging for the reason that like movies, it kind of works because it get it get it's it's a one and done thing and the story is self-contained. It sorts itself out within that hour and a half time span, uh, time span. But I don't know with TV shows, I don't think I can do like a serialization with fucking zombie attacks. Yeah, that's totally fair. It's, Hey, it's been done. The walking dead was a thing. (laughs) So yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, Yeah. The last of us uh, on HBO is getting a season two. That counts as my, my review for this episode, by the way. There you go. Wonderful. Uh, well, let's count out some reviews of this stuff. We're going to talk about the games coming up in the next week. I can get the list up. Here we go. <laughs> Alrighty. We have... Oh, damn. It's a it's a packed week next week. We've got a lot of stuff coming out. Not lots of, like, massive titles, but a lot of stuff to get your hands on. So, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition is coming to Xbox Series X and Xbox One on January 31st. Power Wash Simulator is coming to PlayStation and Nintendo Switch that same day. Season, A Letter to the Future is coming to PS5, PS4, and PC uh, January 31st as well. Also January 31st is SpongeBob SquarePants The Cosmic Shake coming to all platforms. Uh, except, what the hell? It says Xbox One, but it doesn't say Xbox Series X. It, it's got to be... Surely if there's a PS5 version, there's an Xbox Series X version. If not, that is fucking weird. Uh, Valiant Hearts, that same day, uh, Valiant Hearts Coming Home is also coming out. We Were Here Forever is also coming out January 31st. Holy shit, there's six games coming out just on this one day. Uh, We Were Here Forever is coming to PS5, Xbox X, PS4, and Xbox One. Deliver Us Mars is coming to all platforms except for Nintendo Switch. And Tales the Broken uh, Tales the Backbone Preludes 
is coming to PC February 2nd. Dazza, did any of those titles stand out to you at all? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> nothing uh, survival horror on here. Nothing that's Resident Evil adjacent, so that makes sense. <laughs> I'm sticking to that. <laughs> How about you, Lockie? Tales the Backbone Prelude. Oh, yeah, Prelude. It, it, ugh. Ugh. Why would they release a game with a title like that? It's basically screaming, don't buy me. <laughs> See, I saw that and I thought that would interest you because it sounds like it's probably a weeb game. Yeah, it, it interests me in the way that it's so off-putting. Um, <laughs> it, it's like the title that, that appeals to no one. It's like uh, titling a game. Bizarre. If you buy this, you will get warts. It's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you buy this game, you will be disappointed. It doesn't matter who you are. That's what <laughs> that's what the title says to me. I don't even think it sounds appealing as like a weep game. Like I, I don't know. Uh, was that Look, all? All that stood out to you, Lockie? Yeah, I, I mean the SpongeBob game. I might pick up if it gets good reviews. Because I mean, uh, you know, who doesn't love a good platformer? Um, Especially after Dead Space, um, I I am in the mood for just something that doesn't stress me out. So, that's probably yeah. a really nice contrast game to um, cleanse the palate. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But other than that, the rest of them all uh, deliver us the uh, deliver us Mars. I know Deliver Us M- Moon did really well. Um, so that one's probably going to get a whole bunch of BAFTA awards that uh, so it's a game that I'll never play that will get a, a shit ton of awards so I don't know you want a BAFTA puzzle go for it <laughs> BAFTA tank let's do it Spongebob uh, Squarepants a Cosmic Shake like you Lockie definitely stands out to me um, I played I think was it last year I think yeah last year I played Battle for Bikini Bottom um, it was like one of the PS Plus games and I did the plat for it and the game was average as fuck but oh that nostalgia it was oh so good like the actual voice actors like <laughs> tom kenny and oh mate it's just the most it's like a warm fuzzy hug from your childhood that makes sense <laughs> yeah no it does it, it, i don't know if you guys have seen like a meme that's been going around forever it feels like forever now where you um you start off empathizing with spongebob but you live long enough to become squidward oh yeah yeah, it's basically, <laughs> yeah. it, like, that's basically everyone's fucking maturity story. It's so sad. And if you're really lucky, you'll become handsome Squidward. That's yeah. what we, we can all hope for. But I'll also shout out uh, We Were Here Forever, which I believe is, was already on PC, but now it's the console versions that are coming out. Um, this, this was Sammy Dees from The Inconsolables. Shout out to that wonderful human's favorite game from 2022. Um, I played one of the We Were Here games with him. I think it was the very, very first one and the second one. I can't remember. But they're like these co-op puzzle games where you have to work together. Like you have a walkie-talkie and you're trying to figure out puzzles. But like each only be able to see certain things. Um, And it was a lot of fun. And yeah, he said We Were Here Forever is the best one of those. So I know, peeps, if you like your puzzle games and you've got someone else in your life who likes puzzle games, then I definitely think it'd be one. That sounds like a partner, a partner sort of activity game. That's like you know co-op. Who 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 the fuck likes cooperating with other people? Other than, like <laughs> if you're in a relationship. With I had a like. I had a lot of fun playing that with Sammy Deej. Thank you very fucking much, Lockie. Right, well, then then there's a market for it. I, it's not for me. <laughs> this is another. No, look- this this is another Walking Dead 
equivalent TV show <laughs> moment. No, look, look, I get I it. Like, it takes name. two. It takes two. I love, but I don't know when the fuck I'll ever play that again because you need to have someone there to play with you the entire time. And oh no! Sometimes you oh, just I thought that was you, sort game. of like giving us an update in your romance life. There, I hope everything's going all right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry, everything's all sweet. And uh, you know what else is sweet? Taking a brief break and then jumping back on in with the games that we've been playing. Dazza, you are our guests. It is tradition on News to Reviews for our guests to get us kicked off with impressions. What have you been playing this week, my friend? Dead Space. What a game. (laughs) I'm so keen to hear about this one. So for people who've never heard of Dead Space or the the Dead Space remake, which has just come out, please give us like the lowdown. If you haven't played the original uh, Dead Space game, um, I was introduced to Dead Space from my brother-in-law because he was saying, you like the Resident Evil games? And I said, yes. And he says, well... And this was at a time where they were kind of going a bit weird and they weren't making the games as scary. He says, you got to play Dead Space. you got to play Dead Space. It's scary. It's scary. And I went, okay, okay. And that, that's coming from a high authority already there. So I just thought, I better grab this game and give it a go. Mm. And, yeah, it's scary. It's, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, even just going back to it, I mean, yeah, I know why that, you know, Resident Evil 7 has a lot of, like, reflection from this game, you know? You, mm-hmm. you, there's a lot of games that came out of this one and they've just gone, oh, yeah, we need to do that because that scares people, you know? And uh, there's a lot of darkness and you're just sitting there with a torch and you just go, God damn it, give me some more light. So, cor- correct mm, me if I'm yeah. wrong because I never played the first one, but I believe you're playing as Isaac, right? And the setup is that you're a mechanic on a spaceship and everything goes awry? Is that... Am I sort of getting oh, on the right track here? F- fucked if I know their name. You're playing generic, oh, make generic. <laughs> you're playing some guy, some guy incognito, and, yeah, you're stuck on a ship. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the, the game's... It, 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 it's, it's just very, very scary, you know. The, okay. They're... The, 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 uh, I mean, the guys that created the game uh being... They've just obviously just seen what was in the original and said, okay, how can we make this better than the original? And you think, oh, they're going to ruin it, you know, but they don't. They actually, like, really thought about this. There's some bits in the game which kind of annoy me. From When you go back and play the original, the zero-G gravity, the dynamics of the game, it was really etchy. It just didn't work very well. It was kind of like a bit... Mm. Uh, you had to fight it and I'd find myself inverted and I was thinking, oh, you know, and I wanted to correct myself and, you know, you, you've, you've, you're breathing in oxygen so you're just trying to get from one side of this platform to another but you'll find you're inverted and you've got creatures coming out and trying to attack you. And, wow. Um, well, yeah, well, the original was in 2008 so what's that like like nearly 15 years ago now? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess the OG would, would have a, a bit of jank to it. So they've improved the way the game feels? They, they they fixed it in uh, Dead Space Two, um, okay. and but the original was just a bit janky when it went okay. to the zero G, and so this one that's been released, they fixed it. Like you know, it feels 
correct. It should have been like how, you know, when you're in zero G, you can handle it and it's easier to deal with. And they've also taken uh, some of the, like, uh, the game awards, like you, you would have to go up to, I think, the bench and get mm. and get the weapons. Yep. Where in this one, they're kind of you're finding the weapons now, and there's a bit more education mm. about the weapon, and so that's good for new. So you could take this; you wouldn't even have to play the old original one. You could just play this again, this new one that's been released, yep. and it will take you through the weapons. Um, it, yeah, a that's lot cool. of. A lot of thoughts been put through there, you know, and, and just said, oh, there are two things that used to annoy me with the original, and they've, they've improved upon that, oh, for sure. That's awesome. And so, um, you know, I, I mean, you know, you, you still hear these noises, and, you know, and, and you know, you, you just go, where the hell is it? Where the hell is it? You know, and you're yeah. just going, you know, and you know the necromorph is coming closer and closer, and you're just going, for Christ's sake, why do I play these games, you know? <laughs> And then you got like it's 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 almost like a Resident Evil moment, you know. You, you're walking up to the village and you you got the gun and you go right. I've got to do a headshot. Well, with this you got to like I've got to take some limbs off before it gets closer. And as it gets closer and closer, you get to that point. You go, damn it! I'm gonna have to stomp it. You know? <laughs> that, that takes the risk. You're gonna get killed, you know. And then there's one yeah. that comes up from behind you, you know. So that yeah, it, it, that's the thing that I can't handle with games. I hate having. I hate not having my back to a wall. I hate things coming up from behind me. So I can deal with horror as long as I can see it coming towards me. But I can't handle something coming up from behind me and realizing, oh, fuck, it's too late to do anything about it. And then you have fucking harsh string music playing at the same time and it's dim lighting. No, nah, I can't handle it. And that <laughs> that's, that's the absolute max limit for me where I'm like, okay, this game's too scary. Yeah, but it, yeah, in Resident <laughs> Evil, they've got like a you can do a quick spin around, and you could be yeah. you know you could turn around very quickly. It's just not in this game, and it's like it's deliberate. No, nah, you could take your time spinning around to see what's behind you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, and I, it's it's funny that that you've you've come on to talk about Dead Space remake as well because I'm pr- I'm I'm pretty sure the original Dead Space was made with some talent from the original Resident Evil games. I think the, some of the talent from Resident Evil 4. And that's why you can sort of see some of the so much, so much of the similarities between the way that those two games work, like the over-the-shoulder camera, the, uh, the way they handle ammo management, um, the, the way the camera's in so tight behind you, so you sort of have less, uh, less of an idea of what's around you or, or yeah. immediately behind you to creep you out. And you mentioned yeah. before, like, hearing sounds and stuff in the distance. Does it? I, I think one of, if one of, if not the most important aspects of a horror game is how they handle sound design. Like, you want to be hearing creepy noises. You want to know what direction it's coming from. How, how have they handled sound with the, the remake? Really, really, really good. Uh, they've nice. got, like, yeah, you put some headphones on. Uh, I think it's uh, 5.1. And you're going to need it because you need to know where it's coming from. Otherwise, you're just looking around. Where? Where is it? Where is it? Where the hell is yeah. it? You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's coming. You know, because I can hear the damn thing. And so, but with the headphones on, you, it gives you some indication of which direction it's coming from. Yeah. Um. So they've done a good job there for sure, and they've improved the sound from the original too. There seems to be more depth in the in the new one. So yeah, it certainly mm. feels. Feels like the original, but it's just a huge improvement, and oh. uh, you know, a big, you know, just a good job. They've just done a, a real big improvement on this one. 
Uh, that, that, that's good to hear. Like you, it's, remakes are such a tricky thing because you want it to stay faithful to the original, but then you also want to improve things in certain areas, but not so much that it changes what the game is. And it sounds like they've really uh, nailed it here with Dead Space Remake. Do, do you know how far in you are at the moment? Uh, I think I'm in about, about chapter four. Okay. Um, but already I'm feeling like, you know, Motor Studios have done a very good job. Yeah. Um, mm. It just, there's nothing in there that I haven't seen before from the original, but just it's cleaner and neater and, you know, updated graphics and the lighting's good. Um, if anything, they've intensified it because, you know, you, you go up to like, you know, the power grid and you go, okay, you've got a choice here. The power could go to the doors, but you're going to have to turn the lights off. I don't want to turn the lights off. All I've got is a dead torch. And that's a huge improvement, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so, so far, has it seemed like they've changed anything from the game? Other than like the little tweaks and stuff that you've talked about, have they changed anything drastically from the game, like any story or character stuff, or does it seem to be more just little gameplay things and... Uh, Isaac talks a bit more. Uh, I don't think you heard much from Isaac before. Uh, I don't know if that is an improvement. Uh, That's yet. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was easier when he was not talking, you know. Then then you could make your own assumption in your head, and I kind of like that, but I don't know, you know. It's not too bad, apart from like you know when he's stomping on creatures and he's going fuck, you know. You you feel the same, you know. Oh, thank God I got through that. Or, or is it like is he like really cringy where he's like, oh my god, I'm I'm fighting freaking xenomorphs. Wait, what are they? <laughs> Necromorphs. Oh, it's the same fucking thing. He's talking to a, a sentient part of his suit. This game is basically Alien, the first one, um, in its purest video game form. I've only played like 30 minutes of it because I I almost had a heart attack. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I realized that this game is just too scary for me. I can't handle it. Um, yeah, this game is really fucking good. Graphically, it's gorgeous. Um, surprisingly, runs very well on a lot of different systems. It's kind of, it, It's weird. It's... It, you can't actually fuck around with the graphics of its of its actual um you know textures and things. The only thing you can fuck around with is the shadows and lighting and whether or not it's ray traced or ambient occlusion. And then the rest is all sort of done for you. I don't quite understand how they got away with that, but it, it's yeah. Really I think you well could turn optimized. vertical sync off. Um, yeah, but that's it. Like, there's no actual yeah. like graphics. That's all just display stuff. It's 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 very unusual for a PC game, at the very least. I, I played it on the uh, Steam Deck, um, but it didn't it didn't work. I couldn't I couldn't get it working. <laughs> oh, I'm, look, I'm sorry, to, uh, I'm sorry to laugh, but it's kind of, yeah. It, I'm, I, I, the, there's very surprise, few surprise. That, this is the thing, unfortunately, with the Steam Deck is it's just not like you're going to need a lot of developers would not give a fuck about whether or not something gives works on the Steam Deck. They're just trying to get it playable on PC when they release it. Mm. So you're going to get so many bugs with trying to run games on that thing. Sorry yeah. to say. Now, speaking of how it runs and whatnot, what, what platform are you playing on, Daz? Uh, I eventually went to the PlayStation 5. Okay. And does it run yeah. at like a solid 60? Do you have it on performance mode or visual mode? Does anything run on a solid 60 on the PlayStation 5? And performance mode they do. But yeah, if well, you're adding yeah. ray tracing or 4K, yeah, fuck sure. right off. Yeah, if you're trying to upscale like a fucking 80, um, 800 resolution, it's not even full <laughs> HD and it's upscaled. And yeah, sure. Why not? 
I, I couldn't see it breaking up or uh, give me any issues on the PlayStation. So it's, you know, in the PS5, it seemed to be running fine. Okay, nice. So how come you, you went with PlayStation over PC? Uh, well, because I've done, I've, I've done a silly thing. I've kind of converted my PC that was running Windows into a Steam uh, deck thing. And, ah. uh, and so I tried that even though that's got a 2070 inside of it, but it still didn't play well. Probably mm. needed to run Windows on there, but I have a... I just don't like Windows. Um, <laughs> so I just went, okay, I'll just get the console one and I'll just I'll make it so it works. Um, yeah. I just didn't have the time to reinstall Windows on my PC. And so I just found, yeah... Because when when I was trying to play it on the either on the uh, the Steam machine that has it has an Avita card in it, but it still didn't run right. Uh, it was just freezing, and you you knew it was going to freeze because yeah. you're coming up to a sequence where there's all these events going to happen, yeah. and it just would just yeah. lock out, and it just uh, felt like a bit like Callisto Protocol all over again at the beginning, <laughs> you know. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, nice. So, God, it sounds like a, exactly what you want a remake to be, like improving in all these great areas but staying true to the game. Um, who would you recommend a Dead Space remake for? Oh, certainly my brother-in-law who recommended the game. I told him, <laughs> I texted him this morning and said, get that game, mate. Um, you know, because this game actually comes with, you know, uh, you know, Game Plus, where, you know, Callisto Protocol didn't have Game Plus initially because I played it up to the 8th of January and then, ah, I finished it, can't wait to play it again and there'll be a new Game Plus there and it wasn't there. It's coming out in a patch and I went, Ugh. But this one does have, I've heard rumours, I haven't played it yet, but I've heard the uh, new Game Plus in this game, um, they've tweaked it. So I think there's d- different endings or something you could do, oh. yeah. Yeah, so that could be interesting. Um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, because I play Callisto Protocol, and personally, I wasn't a fan. It felt to me, it kind of, it just felt to me like a poor man's dead space. How do you you feel the two compared to each other? Oh, look, if if you could get the two guys to um, meet, um, you would just go like, you know, listen, um, do what Motive Studio are doing because they know how to do the original game and do a good job. Borrow some of the great graphics that you've got in Callisto Protocol. Um, yeah, no, Dead Space sounds amazing, Dazzo. Did you have anything left to say on it? Uh, look, it's the way to do games. If you're going to rebuild a game, um, then look at what Motive Studio did. Um, they yeah. did the right thing. It's not exactly the same things have been moved around, but you you feel as comfortable to play this and have a laugh and go, okay, this is this is a true reflection of the original. Well, look, you know, oh, I was not laughing when I was playing this one, and comfort is the furthest thing I was feeling playing. It. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You, you have convinced me. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this on stream on Wednesday. So if you want to see me mm. shitting my pants, Twitch.tv/news2review 6:30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Wednesday, I will be playing Dead Space Remake, and I will be shitting my pants. But this next game didn't make me shit my pants, or maybe maybe it did, but just with pure just agony and how excruciating the story and the dialogue is. I picked up Forspoken. Yes! All right, lay it on me. Lay it on me. This game starts out with our protagonist, Frey, being dragged into court 
in which she swears and is <laughs> very abrasive with the judge who's holding her entire life in her hands. Yet this our character's still like, yeah, fuck you, judge. <laughs> the judge is just like being really sweet and is like trying to be nice to the character. The character's like, nah, fuck you, judge. And even nah, at the she's very she's a start- troubled teen. She's rebellious. <laughs> She's rebellious, she's fighting the system, alright, yep. She's got a problem with authority, yeah. So, at the very start, the judge says, how do you plead to these charges? And she's like, not guilty, your honour, and she looks all serious and mad when she says it. And then the judge talks to her for a little bit and is like, why are you doing this, Freya? And she's like, I just needed the money. Hang on, so, okay, you just pled guilty 30 seconds ago. And now you're telling the judge you needed the money. Like, what? Oh, God. It's, it's like they didn't think about anything plot-wise. And they just... Doing the, the weakest and easiest sort of setup they, they could to this, this story. Um, they eventually... Uh, she, she has, like, a, a run-in with some street toughs who just don't seem like they would exist in any conceivable reality. You know, there's, like, just real TV street toughs. Hey, punk, you owe us money. <laughs> You oh, did they thing. challenge her but to, like, very, a, a, a dance battle or something? They're all, like, very multicultural and look like they're hipsters and shit. Like, it's like a gang that's got everyone from every yeah, creed so and background like, kind of a thing. So, like, it's uh, early 90s gang. so like, stupid. And early 90s gang, they don't they don't pull knives or guns. <laughs> I mean, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So, very, like, they're, thre- they're threatening verbally, but they don't actually throw fists they you know that's where they draw the line because you know <laughs> well, they got look, that code. To, be, to be fair they do they got the pirate code to, to be fair they do smack fray around a little bit and they do pull out a gun at one point so maybe they are a bit better than <laughs> do they fire it do they fire the gun no they do not fire the gun so ah, yeah right. basically straight away the game does this really weird thing where where every single and, and anyone who's ever played a jrpg will get this right every single time they introduce something rather than just you know giving you a quick prompt and letting you sort of figure it out through playing the game they have to pause the game and give you a description of what you can do and what you were supposed to do so f- you start running away from this game and rather than just being like, it just comes up saying L3 to sprint, you've already set up the context that we need to be running. Just say L3 yeah. to sprint or no, just to run. It's a completely linear section. Instead, they pause the game. It says, press L3 to sprint. Fre- say if Frey can get away from these street gang people. Rah, rah, rah. It just it, it takes you out of the experience so much, just mm. constantly having the game pause and give you lines and lines of shit to read it's the worst way you can possibly do tutorials and anyway she ends up getting back to her house this is the all in the very beginning she ends Mm -hmm. up getting back she lives in an abandoned apartment she ends up getting back there has a big old bag of cash that she's been collecting over time i thought you were about to say cats a big old bag of cats oh she does have a cat lucky and that comes oh thank god comes into it (laughs) oh thank god she wakes up in in the apartment and the apartment's on fire and the first thing i do is like oh the big bag of cash like is sitting stylistically on the right or there. is it literally on fire let's it's literally on fire so i i oh, okay. <laughs> I, th- I think oh i'm gonna go grab that cash straight away and then we'll get the fuck out of here and she's <laughs> like oh, i need to go first. find find homer first who that's the name of the cat and it's like well the money's oh, right there yep. why don't you just grab yep. the money and run out and then go grab the cat but you go to grab homer's the cat, a good name for a cat and then I'll go go to go back that. in, 
And the money, you can't get back to the money. The money's just stuck there and it's just all burnt away. It's like, it's so weird that they give you a prompt and she just says, oh no, I got to, like, I don't know. It was, it was ridiculous. The, the people who, uh, the gang apparently found her and spray painted on the window um, like found you or something like that, except they somehow managed to spray paint on the window, like a perfect mirror reflection. So it's, it was legible from the other side <laughs> of the window. There's just so oh. many little bits and bobs that you can just tell no thought went into any of this. And then you brought into the open world and you know, you're fighting freaking dragons and stuff. And oh God, man, <laughs> like the, the traversal, doesn't feel the traversal feels okay it's probably been my favorite aspect of it so far but even then there's baffling decisions like having circle be the button that you use to to parkour mostly when you know you're you're using parkour to get around the world you still want to be able to use that that your your camera use that right stick but no they made it circle so every time you're parkouring you have no control of the camera whatsoever which is such a stupid idea um, and yeah, the first three hours was just a massive slog. It was so much story and exposition. It was like every few seconds they're stopping you to just throw this awful, awful dialogue at you. <laughs> she's the, the character sucks. Like she's she's got all these people pointing spears at her, and she's in this completely new world. But she's still like, oh fuck off, guys! You know, like back off, Mister. And it's like, no, nah, she's tough. You've She's got ten tough. people pointing spears at you right now. You're not being tough. You're just being fucking stupid and not behaving in a realistic way that anyone can connect to. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's just, she's tough. She's badass. She's not faced by any of this. There's these moments, Lockie, where you're given the opportunity to <laughs> yeah. talk to your cuff to sort of find out more stuff and more context about the world. And yep. rather than just like being able to ask your cuff questions while you're looking around the open world and exploring, maybe she's in maybe she's in shock. Zach, does she throw up after like the stressful scene? Like you know, like where she's putting maybe she's putting on a front and. You know, she shows that she's tough, but then she's she's you know really affected by it afterwards. Oh, you, you see, you see a couple of moments to show that she's tough, but she has heart as well too. You know, she's not just a monster; she's just had a rough go. You know, Lockie. So no, there's these moments. Uh, so, no, but no, no moments of like severe anxiety or panic attacks afterwards. Oh no, fuck no, no. She's uh, she's 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 oh, tough. Of like, course you not. Don't she's really just see perfect, her get, right? Yeah, get okay. very overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. the thing, I I just want to, I'm sorry to derail this, but I just want to say, like, in terms of character writing, I don't understand this with a lot of protagonists where, like, oh, they need humanizing moments. So it's it's mm. fine if they're stoic and they're badasses in the moment, but you need them to have that, that beat where they take a moment afterwards to go, that was a really fucking stressful moment. Holy fuck. Wh- yeah. Like, what, what was going on there? Like, uh. Look, I would argue they do do that. Like, there's, like, some little girl that she meets when she gets to the first town and they have some yep. kind of, like, bond. But the, the dialogue is just so bad that you just don't buy any of it anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. And you're constantly like, why am I being stopped over and over again to watch these terrible cutscenes? And, um, and, and so, sorry, <laughs> no, I know I'm rambling a bit, so I'll, 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 I'll try, try to wrap this up a bit quicker. There's moments where you have opportunities to stop and talk to the cuff and ask it questions. And just like in, say, you're playing like Dead Space and you find an audio log, a lot of the times in games these days, they'll play those audio logs in the background while you're still exploring so that you don't have to like pause and just listen to audio in the menu. Like who's going to want to do yeah. that? I so like that. It's this- a nice way to tell the story without breaking the immersion. 
Exactly right. And, but with this, rather than like you can ask the cuff questions while you're walking around exploring the world, she stops, stands perfectly still, then holds the cuff up like she's talking to a smartwatch. And if you want to ask the cuff questions, you've got to click through all the individual questions and just stand completely still while you're doing it the entire time. I do not understand it. The cuff sucks. The cuff is like this smarmy British fucking cunt. I hate it. It's the worst. Frey sucks. The voice actress for Frey is incredible. I think she does a good job considering how awful, awful this dialogue is. But yeah, it's it's just not fun. The combat is pretty much just a third-person shooter with nothing really special or fun about it. Um, the open world is bland and boring. All I've found is enemies or chests. Uh, there's sort of these dungeons you can go into, but they were just like, oh, it's a room and then another room and then a boss. Oh, wow. That's very creative. It's just, I don't know. It's not a fan, not a fan at all. I've only played probably like four or five hours and I've had it since Tuesday. I've basically wanted to play everything else that I have bar for spoken. <laughs> so... Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to finish this one. I've got a feeling I'm, I'm going to end up just returning it and getting my money back but because, holy shit, this game is just an unmitigated piece of shit. Um, I could see it maybe being appealing to, like, in the same way that I enjoyed Sonic Frontiers, where you just put on a podcast and just sort of get about the open world and power up your character a bit. So look, maybe I'll try that and see how that goes, but I think more than likely this one's going to be going right back where it came from <laughs> so yeah oh dearie me forspoken not a not a fan at all have you have you seen forspoken at all daza not familiar with it i don't think i've missed anything here yeah, yeah. I, I don't think yeah. so <laughs> well this is the thing and it's one of those look it's clearly a game that was designed for a younger demographic mm. you know the the teenage girl power fantasy where they're just badass they're rebelling against authority they're thrown into an isekai moment where they're in control and they have all these cool powers so like if you remove yourself from from your your sort of preferred gaming is there something there for that sort of demographic like <sighs> is it hitting a mark with the target look i i think if you're a teenager you might connect to the characters a bit more and would you probably be a bit more okay with that really shitty dialogue because let's be real like you know Kids are stupid. People who are young are into terrible shit. (laughs) But it just does this shit like stopping you constantly to throw tutorials at you, which are just like reading walls of text um, and just like stopping for these boring cutscenes and stuff. I feel like they're going to get bored with all that shit. It's like, I don't know who this is for at the end of the day, really. Yeah, Um, and that's the thing. And I'm saying that cynically. I'm saying that sarcastically when I say kids are stupid. I, I, I think like... Kids don't need to be talked down to, even narratively. Normally, you can tell a compelling story Mm. and you can keep things engaging. Um, You know, it it can be toned down a little bit, um, so it's not too gory or violent. But from an intellectual standpoint, kids can can be told good stories um, and and properly engage with them so i I just don't i don't understand the trend where you see these games where they they feel like you you can feel it in the writing where it feels like they need to dumb down the game you know even as you say in the mechanics with the tutorials they don't respect the player's intelligence by just letting it unfold as an immersive tutorial they have Mm. to pause it 
so you can stop and think and read because apparently all those things are so difficult and yeah. require so much attention. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, maybe there is an audience for that, but I, even as a kid when I was growing up, I played shit like Age of Empires and had no issue with mm. getting their tutorials as they unfolded in the game in real time. Nothing paused and, and yeah. had to sit down and tell you exactly what to do. You sort of figured it out as you went along, and that was part of the the enjoyment like you, yeah. you fucking grew with the game that's yeah. good game design so i don't know i just don't relate hashtag yeah. don't relate boomer boomer logic boomer gamer <laughs> I, I think it goes one of two ways just like with movies and tv shows when they make stuff that's aimed at younger audiences they either go the route of we're going to make it so this is something that can appeal to adults as well too and we'll make sure it has really good snappy dialogue jokes that might the kids might not get, but the adults will get things like yeah. that. Um, you know, think of, you know, ARP or Toy Story or most of Pixar's stuff really. Um, but then there's also the, the stuff made towards children and, and younger people, younger audiences where they go, well, it's younger audiences. We just don't have to give a fuck about the story or the dialogue. We just need flashy colors and pictures. And it seems like that's kind of what they're going, they've gone for yeah. with, uh, for spoken here. So yeah. I definitely do not recommend, and I don't know if I'll ever be putting a review score on it, and I'll definitely be returning it, but what I will not be returning is my DualSense Edge Controller. Oh yes, I picked up this expensive as fuck piece of kit right here. (laughs) Holy shit. I paid $340 to get myself some back buttons. (laughs) Oh Oh my god, that's so... That's so funny that you that you think that you're saying that because I'm thinking about doing the exact same thing for um like one of the Xbox Elite controllers because I'm just Ooh. so desperate for more back pedal um buttons. I'm so sick of these front facing interface buttons on my controller that forces me to take my thumb off one of the the um controller Joy-Con sticks. Um, I can't stand it. I need my buttons on the back part of the controller now. Yeah. We need to just completely overhaul the design of controllers and make them like the Wii nunchucks, but for both hands where all of the, the controllers are on the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I'm right there with you, Lockie. The, the main thing I did not like about getting a PlayStation 5 was that I could no longer use my DualShock 4 back button. I Once I put that thing on, I never wanted to take it off. And I've had uh, just a couple of days with the the DualSense Edge so far, but already those back buttons, oh yeah, I'm I'm loving them so fucking much. Like it's just it's so freeing to be able to use your face buttons without uh, having to sacrifice the use of your right stick and be able to use your camera. Or I was yeah. even playing something as simple as like Fall Guys. I was able to like jump around while still like moving the camera, and it actually did give me a bit a bit of an edge. Hey, DualSense Edge. When I was yeah. playing uh, Fall Guys yesterday, won a couple of crowns, no big deal, you know. Um, but look, as far as the DualSense Edge is concerned, I'll, ju- I'll just go- quickly go through a few of the features. So the triggers on the back of the controller, each of them have like these little little s- switches next to them, basically. Yeah. And what they what they do is that's that controls when the stopping of the uh, the the triggers happens so if you have it on the middle one it will go down about halfway if you have it on the lowest it will only go down a little bit so for people who play like first person shooters and they maybe want to have a bit more of a hair trigger uh that works that works like that 
And uh, but the only thing about yeah. that is if you do use use that and you don't have it on its full release, then the adaptive triggers won't work. So you do have to make a little bit of a sacrifice there. Um, and then sticking to the back of the controller, that's where they have the the part for the paddles. Now this is pretty cool because they give you two two things to work with. You get two paddles and these two little levers as well. And the way they work is they're literally just mag magnified in. So they're really easy to swap out if you need to. Like they just fit in, they, they magnetize in, into place and there's not really any fucking around there. Um, I think it depends what fingers you want to use, what paddles you go for. Uh, but for somebody who wants to like switch it up, it's super easy to do. You can even have one side with the paddle, then one side with the lever, whatever you want to do there, basically. Um, now you also have these function buttons that are just below the analog sticks. I don't know if you can see that, Lockie, you got these weird like little function oh, yeah. paddle things. Yep. And that basically you hold those and that's how you can select your different um, controller profile so you can have multiple profiles set up with the buttons mixed up however you want you can not only adjust the back buttons what buttons those correspond to but literally every other button on the controller can be adjusted as well too you can fix that circle button you don't need to worry about that circle button anymore in forespoken so you're gonna oh, go back into that game a hundred percent so that's gonna make it like traversing in forespoken work way better so i, I, I am definitely going to give it a try at some point um, and be able to just use those function buttons to just switch the controller profiles on the fly is awesome. So say you want the back, I've got it right now set up. So one of my profiles has circle on one side and X on the other. And then I've got a, another profile that has uh, square on one side and X on the other. So if I, if square is the button I need to use more to, then, then I'll swap the profiles around. So that's a very neat feature. Uh, the, the analog sticks or the, uh, uh, what do you call them? The toggles can be swapped out. Oh, that's <laughs> what you're talking about. Toggles, right. Toggles, exactly. So yeah, basically, exactly. They, they, they just magnetize or they just sort of clip into place as well too. I can just pull it straight yeah. off the thing. Um, and you've got like, you get you get with the controller some high profile and low profile sticks. So if you prefer different ways of playing, you have those options there as well too. And one of the freakiest things about it is it has like a little switch on the back that you can flick and then the sort of face plate will come off the DualSense Edge controller. And then it kind of, kind of reminds me of the Terminator when you see the Terminator's face come off and you can see like all the parts <laughs> <laughs> sort of behind it. That reminds me of the Simpsons episode where they do that with the <laughs> and they take off Scratchy's robot face. <laughs> I hate it when they scream. Yeah, I know. I, know. I remember what you're talking yeah. about. And then from there, you can actually take out the entire mechanism of the uh, toggles as well too. So say if you have a toggle start drifting, then you can uh, just replace that mechanism rather than having to replace your entire controller. Nice. Now, so that that's all the features there. And look, all, all this stuff does is, it work is, on PC? Because I'm I'm kind of uh, does it work on PC? Because I'm I'm looking to get like um I'm I'm looking to get the Xbox one, but if this is better. Look, I think it's really too soon to tell, Lockie. I would say with the yeah. Xbox One, I wouldn't get it personally. Like I've mentioned on the show before, I work in a store which sells video games. And I think for probably every two Xbox Pro controllers that we sell... No, well, let's say every five Xbox Pro controllers that we sell, we probably get three returned with issues. Um, no. there's, there's big problems with those controllers and I, especially Fuck. with drift. 
Um, I'm actually worried about that with the DualSense Edge as well too. Like I, it feels a bit sus to me that Sony gives you a way to swap out the, the toggles so early on. It's just making me think, mm. oh, these things are going to have drift issues and I'm going to be changing the the mechanisms over and over and over again. So I, I'd honestly, I'd say wait and see how it shakes out as far as quality is concerned. But it wouldn't surprise me if you can use this on PC because I know you can use the regular DualSense on PC, Lockie. But with all that being said, I love this controller. Awesome controller. A lot of weight to it, a lot of heft to it. It comes with a a cool case as well too with all these little bits and bobs. Uh, You've got like a thing you can can plug the the, uh, cord directly into it and it even comes with a special casing so that you can put that over the the cord and it like doesn't just fall, the USB-C doesn't just fall out of your controller if you want to play wired as well too. Say you're playing fighting games and stuff like that where you need less latency so there's all this really really cool stuff like that but with all that being said it's time to get into the negatives so one of one of the issues with it is the battery life is far less than the regular dual sense edge and it's oh, not no. not because of all the shit that's going on in there it's because because they've got these uh the removable uh analog stick mechanisms uh, that has made less space for their, them to be able to fit a battery in there. So the batteries, if you, I've seen pictures on them side by side, it's nearly half the size. So they expect you get five to 10 hours with the DualSense Edge as opposed to 10 to 15 with the regular DualSense. So yeah, it, it does drain uh, battery a lot quicker. Apparently the paddles aren't compatible with PC gaming, at least at the moment as well. So it's it's a bit of a dud for PC game controller. Fuck. Well, I'm stuck with Xbox. I'm stuck with Xbox, but good advice. I guess if you're going to buy those Xbox controllers, I'll buy it physically so I have a store to return it to if it's one of the dud versions. Uh, absolutely. And yeah, it's a very high chance it could be. Um, <laughs> I would not recommend the DualSense Edge to almost anybody. I think it is <laughs> severely... Overpriced for what it is, like if I just paid three hundred forty fucking you were quite, dollars. You were quite, um, you were quite glowing of it before, and now you're like, I would not recommend it to literally anyone. <laughs> well, but that, that's the thing. Like, well, look, here's who I'd recommend it to. Do you absolutely love your gaming? Play mostly on console, and have just fucking fat stacks of cash lying around that you don't know what to do with, then perfect. This is for you. You know what I mean? Like, if you need to get rid of some cash, you're like a Colombian drug lord. Pick up the DualSense Edge controller. You'll have a great time. (laughs) But if you do not have the money and you're looking at this to be like, fuck, is it going to be worth it? Is it going to be like such a good controller? No, it's not. Um, it's just a, it's just another controller, except it feels a bit nicer and it has back buttons on it. $340 is a disgusting price, nearly the half the price of the console. Sony should be embarrassed. They should be ashamed that they're fleecing Ooh. their audience like this. I, I think it's disturbing how much they're charging for it. I think this would be worth it if they were charging $180. Then I'd say, yep, if you're a big time gamer, go out and buy it. But three hundred and forty fucking dollars. Those executives, <laughs> fucking hell! I hope they have to take some serious Xanax to get to sleep at night because they should be anxious and ashamed and stressed out by <laughs> based on this shit. It's just fucking terrible. So yeah, the Dual Sense Edge. I'm I'm really enjoying it personally. If I did not have this podcast, I would not have forked out the cash to pick it up because mm. it is just way way too much money. Dazza, are you going to pick yourself up a DualSense Edge controller after this? 
I, I think I think you've got what they would refer to as a like a beta product out there. Um, mm. The battery life is obviously a problem, but I like the modular. Like the modular is mm. the right thing to do. They need to do that to all controllers. So if this is what they're going to hand down in the future with the normal controller, well, that's not such a bad thing, you know. It's it, you know because we do get drift on controllers and then. Fixing them is no fun, and then it gets down to when it gets down to the itty gritty. You are fixing that component, and yeah. it's good to see that can mm. be replaced. Do you know how much they cost those particular like? That? I uh, I'm not sure if they've started selling them separately yet. Let me look it up, but I think it's around like three hundred and forty dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's the cost yeah. of, the, of the controller. I think it's around Jesus. fifty bucks. So let me let me look it up for you. Well, how about you, like Lockie? You, you're definitely not going to pick it up now. Yeah, no, there was no way I was going to anyway, because like I'm trying to stay as far away from my PS5 as possible with games. So even with Dead Space, like if I can see it released on a PC, I'll always get the PC version. So I am definitely in the market for a quality PC compatible controller, and I'm looking to upgrade from my current one. But I, I just can't see one that that ticks all the boxes for me. What I really want is is the Nintendo the Nintendo is so close with each iteration of their controllers. It's so fucking close at the moment. It's crazy. I want two controllers that can be held in each hand, separate from each other, freed up, <laughs> so I can have my body language nice and open and I can have my good posture and feel free. But I want all I want my toggles to be on the front part, so that's where my stationary thumb rests, and all of my buttons for my for my four fingers to be based in the same design along the back and they were almost there with the Wii nunchuck if you fuck off that fucking Wii can Wii remote controller mm. and you just had two nunchucks with four buttons on the back and if they did that that would be the perfect controller set up for me on all platforms in all capacities and I I don't know. It doesn't exist at the moment, so maybe I'm I'm sitting on a gold mine here. But that's what I would really, really want. Okay. Well, fair enough. It says you 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 want some Joy Cons, but with back buttons on them, basically. I want the nunchuck. No, I don't want the Joy Cons. I want the nunchucks with all the back buttons. I don't want the Joy Cons. I don't like their design. I like the the um the nunchucks were ergonomically designed for the shape of a hand grip, mm. whereas the Joy Cons aren't. So they like yeah you know, they they're veering off in the wrong direction. Yeah, totally fair. And I I did just look up the price of the modules, and uh, they they looks like they sit around thirty five dollars uh, to replace the modules. So look, my hope is if you do have issues within the warranty period, they're just going to give you a new module to replace it anyway. Um, but yeah, it is nice to know that say you know four or five years down the track, if you do start getting some stick drift, it's not going to cost you a whole new controller. Um, or to have to pay an exorbitant amount to get it repaired. Yeah, but also, yeah, but also four to five years, you're going to be buying the next gen console and spending the same amount of money on the next gen controller. Sony knows what's up. <sighs> Sony knows what's up. They know you're going to spend whatever money they put out there. That's why they charge such insane prices. And to your point, where you're saying, I hope they don't, I hope they don't sleep well at night. The only thing that will cause stress and anxiety from an exec standpoint at Sony is when the sales aren't coming in. So yeah. you've kind of ensured that they're sleeping like babies. Yup. Because you're fucking spending all your money on it. <sighs> yeah, dearie me. And you know, it's funny too. Like the thing I've played the most on this so far with this controller so far would be Hades. I picked up Hades on on PS5 to to do the platinum. I've been having so much fun with it. 
But I don't need control of the right stick at all for, for 80s. But uh, hey, for four guys, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the DualSense Edge Control, I, I won't put a review score on it now because I've only had it for a couple of days. I think I need to see how it shakes out, like if the battery life starts annoying me or if I start having any issues. But maybe in about a month back, I'll check back in and land a review score on it. But I'd say for now, definitely hold off buying it unless you, you've you got just fat stacks of cash everywhere. Yeah, don't don't check it out. I, I had to trade in so much stuff <laughs> to to buy this controller. I definitely could not afford it. I'd I'd have trade my soul. <sighs> Deary me. But uh speaking of trading souls, that's that's what we do here on News to Reviews, and it's the end of the episode! Hey! <laughs> Dazza! Hey. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. It was so fun to get to hear your take on Dead Space. Um, yeah, thanks again for joining us. Oh, thank you for the invite from the two of you. Thank you. Now, as I mentioned before, I'm going to be playing Dead Space at 6.30pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Wednesday at twitch.tv slash news to review. So if you want to see me shit my pants and look super uncomfortable on camera for a while, I will be doing that. So get excited. And if you like this show, please leave a rating or review wherever you happen to listen to the podcast. It only takes a second and it really does help us get into the ears of more people and just makes us feel oh so warm and fuzzy on the inside. Lockie, you make me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Do you want to give us Jesus. some final words of wisdom <laughs> this week? Jesus. Um, I don't know what to say to that. No, <laughs> no, no I got nothing for you. Sorry. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Everyone out there, please take care of yourselves and take care of one another. said to me coming over he said there'll be a happy ending at the end of this <laughs> <laughs> the, our episodes always have happy endings i'm not talking about the sexual kind dazza oh my god he said i'll make you he said like you have to do my stupid podcast but you'll get sex afterwards i'll give you <laughs>